and welcome to Coffee and Pearls, 15 Minutes of Wisdom for Catholic Moms. I'm Sterling Jaguith, and today I'm going to be talking about vaginismus. And so it's probably not something appropriate for kids. Um, so if you sometimes listen in front of your kids, you may want to just skip this one. It's also probably something that's only relevant to people who have vaginismus or think that they might. So if you don't, I'm not sure that there's a ton of value uh, that's going to come out of this podcast, although I will talk a bit about our marriage and our intimate life and how we worked through this in addition to pregnancies and abstinence. So I suppose there could be some information there that is useful. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to give a long enough intro that everyone could decide if they wanted to jump ship and skip this one uh, to list sex. And there are, well, one of the books I read said there are five different levels of this problem. And the fifth level is actually so that you cannot achieve penetration at all. It actually feels like there is a wall in the opening of the vagina. So you cannot consummate your marriage or have sex at all. Um, so condition, and that's kind of as extreme as it goes. Um, sometimes people experience vaginismus as a result of sexual assault, and that is their body's response. It just closes up either at level five and you physically can't get anything in there, or it's just painful to have sex. Um, I've also read, this is commonly a problem among really, really conservative families or women who were raised in really conservative families that may have been made to feel that sex was dirty or sinful and that when they did get married, because they had spent years and years and years about hearing just how awful it was, to do it, that they kind of clam up and, you know, either can't have penetrative sex at all, or it just hurts a lot. Now, so that is, makes it sound like you have a choice about that, but it's not really like that. It's, it's an involuntary response that your body has. And so even if you were aware of that, right? Like even if you went to therapy and you're like, yes, my uber conservative parents made me feel like sex was bad. I know that it isn't. I'm happily married. Um, your body may still just be responding in that way. So I just wanted to give those two examples because I feel like those are often the most extreme versions of vaginismus and level five is the most extreme version of that. In one of the books that I read, um, her body would like spasm and close even if somebody touched her knee, right? So it wasn't even, even close to her area, but that was how fast it happened. So that's one end of the spectrum. Um, I did not have that extreme of a case. For me, it happened after my second daughter was born. And so this wasn't a problem first in our marriage. Although looking back, I do suspect that I struggled with it in small ways. And I'll talk about that later. But what first brought my attention to was after my second daughter was born, we waited, you know, the six weeks you wait until after you have a after you have a baby. And then when we had sex, it kind of hurt a little bit. It felt a little bit like burning. Like maybe if you had put the wrong kind of lotion down there, that's kind of how it felt. And so at first I thought, oh, well, maybe we just, you know, did it too soon and I hadn't healed 
but we kept trying and it was confusing to me because sometimes it would be okay and sometimes it would feel again like a burning sensation, which really made me feel like it was a topical issue, but we weren't using anything. And uh, later I came to understand that when your muscles tense up, it can feel like burning. Uh, but really that's what it is. It's that the muscles are tightening up and it's a form of vaginismus. Uh, I think that my traumatic labor with Poppy, she's the one that we almost had in the car, right? Like her labor must have been 20 to 30 minutes and she came out all in, in one go. In one contraction, she came out all at once. Um, and so I think that was just really traumatic for my body and triggered vaginismus for me. So it took me a long time to discover that word. First of all, I had never heard that word before. And then uh, I did a bunch of research and I realized that I was probably going to need physical therapy. So I went to physical therapy here in Boise. Um, you can... If you look for a pelvic physical therapist, uh, they can help with vaginismus. They also just help with regular, I've been pregnant a bajillion times and my pelvic floor isn't strong issues. Um, but they may not list vaginismus on their website. But if you if they say pelvic, you know, physical therapist, they probably do this. So it was super awkward. It's a very vulnerable position to be in. You go in, you take off your pants. Uh, it was a woman. I don't, I don't know that I could have done it with a man, to be honest. And I'm, I'm not very, I'm not very shy about those things. Um, but this crossed that line for me. Like, I just really don't think I could have done it had it been a guy. So what they do is you have to retrain your body to realize it's okay to have something inside of you. And so they have these dilators, right? Which you know, are basically the same thing, I guess, as sex toys, although the ones in the doctor don't look anything. They're just kind of cylinders, right? They look like cylinders, so they don't look like male parts. Um, and they were plastic, like a smooth plastic, um, but they weren't silicone or soft in that way. And so what they do is they, they hook up sensors all around you, um, kind of in the vaginal area, um, and all the way to the back, I feel like around my, my bottom cheeks as well. Ooh, it's harder to talk about this than I thought, just to be honest, but it's good. It's good. Um, so they hook up these sensors, right? Then they have you very slowly insert the very smallest one. And the smallest one I want to say was like a pencil size. Okay. And so at first it triggers your body and the sensors show you that it was, it was very cool. I could see it. I could see, wow, my body is already tensing up. Even though here I was, I was calm. I was relaxed. Everything was fine. Um, and so then once it's in there, she would have me do these breathing exercises to calm my body down. And then I would take it out and put it back in and kind of do that over and over and over again. And that was kind of the, the physical therapy side of things, which was, you know, my body would tense up, but then I would breathe and calm it down. And then eventually when I could insert it without having a, a tensing response, I would graduate to the next size up. And so I would do this. Uh, I did this over a, a series of months. Um, I could take the dilators home and practice at home. It's a very clinical experience. Um, so it's not 
it's not arousing in any way whatsoever in case that's what you're picturing. It's, it's not. It's actually more right, painful and then you're calming your body down. But the more I practiced, the better that got and it made me feel less scared to be with my husband. And so I did that over a series of months. Goodness, I want to say four to six months, somewhere around there. And then I was able to get the largest dilator in calmly. Okay, that doesn't mean that I still didn't freak out being with my husband because when I was doing the dilators, I got to control when it came in and all of that. So it makes you feel a lot more safe and comfortable than just being, my husband's so gentle and kind, but you just can't, you don't know what another person's going to do. So if you're worried that it's going to hurt you, your body tenses up, which then makes the problem worse. And so... After I got the biggest dilator and it was fine, the physical therapist said, great, physically, you are fine now. You don't need any more physical therapy. Now, you just need to keep practicing and you probably need um, counseling, like emotional therapy, and like someone with PTSD. She said, You're, you've got to work through that side of things now. And so I found a Catholic therapist at Catholic Charities, and she happened to be an EMDR therapist, which was fantastic. So EMDR is a type of therapy that helps people process trauma. Uh, and she would say capital T trauma, like sexual assault, or even, you know, a horrific labor or just something really shocking that maybe happened to you, but also lower T trauma, like maybe a really stressful relationship at work or in your family, something that kind of triggers you, but you've never really dealt with it. And so it just, it lives with you. Again, like that little girl inside you who feels sad or scared that something bad is going to happen. And even though you're old enough to know that it isn't, uh, you still have worries around that. So EMDR therapy, there's several ways to do it, but what it is, is it, you, you slowly go into a traumatic memory and you don't always start with the big ones. Sometimes you'll start with smaller ones and then you are activated physically on the left and right side of your body. Uh, so I would look at a light and the light would move from left to right. And then I would hold these two sensors that would vibrate left and right in my hands. And through this process, I'm not going to try to explain it because I'm not a scientist, but you should just YouTube EMDR therapy and you can check it out. Uh, it basically just helps reset your brain and go, oh, okay, that's a memory. I, I'm not re actually living this trauma right now every time I think about it or when something reminds me of it. And a friend of mine was just telling me that you can do this with babies, um, maybe babies who are struggling, uh, breastfeeding or tongue-tied or have some sort of painful condition that you, you can't help them with at the moment. Um, but that if you do EMDR with them, it actually helps them through that trauma. So amazing. I wish I would have known about that when Rose was in the NICU because that probably would have helped her and me a lot. So I don't know much about that, but my friend was saying it and I wanted to learn more about that. So, okay. Um, so I started doing EMDR therapy and that definitely helped. And... My husband and I definitely abstained when it felt really stabby, like when it was really painful or it was burning or it felt like kind of knives down there. 
And I didn't feel like knives very often, only sometimes. I would say, oh, it hurts, and we would stop. Because in the very beginning, I would say, well, it hurts, but I think I can handle it. Because I know how hard it is for husbands to just, you know, not have sex, and it makes everything more difficult. And so I would try to be the hero and push through it and do it, but I could tell that it was making it worse, and it was making me more jumpy. And it was never my husband who was saying, let's do it. It was always me saying, like, I love you. We've already gotten this far. Like, just finish. It'll be a couple minutes, you know, and at least I can do that for you. So we did get to the point where we stopped doing that because we realized it was setting me back. And so that meant sometimes we would start having sex and then we would have to stop. And and that's what we had to do. But we kept trying Um, because as I was doing my physical therapy, I would say, okay, I think, you know, let's try. And so we would try and sometimes it would be okay. That was the interesting thing. My progress wasn't a straight line. Sometimes things would feel better and then sometimes things would hurt more. And I, I never really found out why. I mean, I, I'm not sure why, but I just say that to anyone who's struggling with this, that I think that's pretty normal. You know, progress is not a straight line. So We worked through that. It was difficult. And um, we were able to have sex again without pain. Then I got pregnant. And the first baby that I had after that was Violet. And I actually had no regression after her, which was really incredible. Because I thought that having another baby would maybe trigger something in my body to have more trauma. Um, but it didn't. Then after Forrest, I was on bed rest at the end of the end, the last three months. And so we did have sex a few times and it did hurt. And that really freaked me out and kind of set me back a little bit. Plus we had all the bed rest problems. There were just, I felt like there was a lot going on. And so I'm not really sure why that was happening, but I know that I, after I had Forrest, I pulled out my dilators and I used them again. And I want to say it was only a week or two. And then I felt like it was fine. And then we got pregnant again and again. So I'm not going to go into that story, but I, you know, we had a lot of babies and a lot of years and a lot of bed rest. And I had a lot of pain for other things that made sex uncomfortable and not pleasant for us. So that was really frustrating. I remember that that hot minute before the last two boys that I wasn't pregnant, we did have sex and it was pleasant again. Because at this point, by the way, when you have really, really painful sex, just the idea of having completely clinical, non-painful sex sounds amazing. So I wasn't even hoping that I would enjoy sex again. It had been so painful that it just not hurting me was my bar. That's what I wanted. But I'm happy to say that Um, I can still enjoy sex now. It's not every time. Sometimes it does feel really neutral to me, but it doesn't hurt. So we always stop as soon as it hurts, if that ever happens. Um, But, and, and we just went through, I don't know, it was almost 12 months of abstinence between bed rest and postpartum waiting for my cycle. So my baby is nine months postpartum and we just were able to use phase three for the first time and it didn't hurt at all. And I, I mean, it just makes me want to cry because I just never thought that that would happen again. Or I, I thought maybe I would have to 
do physical therapy. And I feel like we've just gone through so much. We've had such an abnormal sex life that I just feel really grateful that it didn't hurt. So that is definitely something that you can get to. And of the three times that we did it, I want to say that one time was enjoyable for me. One time was like, good, it was okay. And one time I didn't feel anything. I wasn't super into it. And and that's fine. I still feel fine having sex like that because I'm so happy that we can because it's been so long. Um, and so anyway, I only have a data set of three to share with you, but maybe I'll, maybe I'll do an update in a year and hopefully I will be not pregnant and I can tell you how we've had an awesome year of phase three sex. So um, it was really hard for my husband because it's such a weird problem. First of all, nobody, it's so uncommon and nobody really talks about it. And so even I, I gave him one of the books that I read, but those situations sounded so extreme that he felt like he didn't really understand what he was supposed to do. Um, oh, because in the extreme way, by the way, one of the things that they do, one of the treatments that they do is they inject Botox into your vaginal wall so that you lose all of the feeling there so that you can achieve penetration for the first time and then begin doing physical therapy. So like, because these women who are at a level five can't even do the physical therapy because they can't get anything in. So, you know, a lot of the books were about that and we weren't at that level. And I do feel like he was supportive, but it it's kind of like any other invisible illness <laughs> that you can't see. Um, and it didn't feel any different to him, right? So, you know, when, when we would have sex, if it was hurting me or not, it felt the same to him. So he couldn't tell. And I could tell that it really bothered him that he could hurt me sometimes and didn't know when. And so he started feeling really skittish about our sex life and really scared about having sex. And it would be hard for him sometimes to, to get aroused because he would just be so anxious that he didn't want to hurt me. And so... You know, we've had to work through so much of that. Our sex life has been so unsexy, right? And so unromantic because of these things that we've had to deal with. And I think it will probably take us a couple years to fix that. I think we'll need a couple years of being not pregnant and just having non-painful sex and, and sex that feels safe and warm and loving. And again, having nothing to do with my husband, he's so, so gentle and loving and so patient and never rush things. Um, but this still, this thing is just between us. And so we've had to work really hard at that. Um, recently, he just read a science fiction book. I'll find out the name of it. He was reading a science fiction book and one of the characters has vaginismus. And he said, the, the author describes it so well and describes exactly how it affected this couple's relationship in the book that he said, I'm sure this author has dealt with that personally because it was so real and so accurate. I'll find out if I find out the name in case you have a husband that wants to know. So I'm perfectly happy to talk about this in any way. If you want to email me and you have any questions for me, I'd be happy to share them with you. Any details about my journey uh, I feel pretty happy about it now that, you know, I was able to, you know, do physical therapy, both physically and emotionally and come out of it. I feel like I haven't totally healed my relationship with sex. It's still a little bit makes me nervous sometimes. 
Um, but I, I can still have enjoyable sex and that's pretty amazing to me. So I hope that gives you hope if this is something that you're struggling with. And again, um, Low-level vaginismus feels like burning. It feels uncomfortable. It feels like getting uh, a gynecological exam, and sex shouldn't feel like that. So I think I bet there are women out there who are putting up with that level of discomfort, thinking that it's okay when it's really just not okay, and it's not necessary anyway. That you can you can fix that, and it can feel better. Um, and again, this isn't a matter of being aroused or having enough lubrication, right? So you know, you would still feel this even when those things were there. And so again, yeah, if you have any questions, just let me know and I will be happy to answer them. Thanks so much for listening and have a blessed day.